In this episode of the Coley on Noir podcast, I sit down and have a conversation with Vince. Vince is the same guy who I did a video on a couple of days ago, um, where you see him being attacked by two armed robbers and Vince being able to throw his tea at them and get to his gun and defend himself against those two robbers and prevent them from getting into his house. I wanted to sit down and have this conversation with Vince because I wanted to present a real world example from the mouth of the person who experienced it, what it was like going through a situation like this. I'm, I'm pretty sure people have, a lot of people have seen the video of, of you taking on the two guys, um, but just kind of start us from the beginning about, you know, how things started out and then getting to that point. Uh, I think a, a lot of what I take away from it is that I let my situational awareness slip and uh, I wasn't paying attention. I just had finished a intense workout at the Starbucks to get tea. I was preparing to go on a run and I was waiting for somebody. It was 7.30 at night uh, and I was disarmed. Honestly, you know, I've worked through this with my wife recently about being more disarmed and not being so on edge all the time or always pushing myself, training seven days a week, doing these things, you know, constantly on and on and on and pushing, pushing, pushing and being able to come down and it bit me in the ass, you know, trying to balance that life of happiness and contentment with pursuing being strong as fast as best version of myself while I was watching on my shoulder being a protector. I thought I got out of the car I'm looking for my keys. I'm thinking, should I water the plants? Do I want to hear my wife breaking my balls when I walk in the house? Not really. <laughs> Maybe I'll hang outside for about 10 minutes and contemplate life. You know, who knows? But it, that all went through my head. And I said, let me go in the house, put my stuff down, and I'll go outside and water the plants. I get to the door and I get shoved, and, uh, which I think is naturally inclination. My first inclination is it's a buddy of mine. And I'm like, what the, f I was a turn around and said, what the f are you doing? Cause I was listening to my ear pods. I turn around, I see a guy with a hood and a mask, shoving a gun at me. And I could even really hundred percent make out what he's saying. I know he's threatening me. Cause I honestly, I think I blocked out right now what he originally said. So I don't particularly remember, <clears throat> but it was a threat. It was a threat come in the house mm, and okay. I first first instinct I can't believe you let this happen to yourself and I was like immediately like whoa my god you literally get out of the car and stare into this tree the first like every snap, crackling sound this and that I'm, a, I'm on all dog alert I drew my pistol yeah. normally and I when he shoved me he I think he went to actually even turn me at first. And as I turned, I said, fuck it. I threw the T at him, went to grab the gun, just swiped my hand to go grab the gun. He was trying to hold onto my wrist. I tried to get out of it. And I went to pursue him further, and he backed up. And when I think when I hit him with the T, I disoriented him so much, he backed all the way up around. What people don't see in the frame is when he backed up, he continued to turn all the way around. He wasn't making a 180. He was making a 360. And... The other guy was approaching. I seen him running down on me also. I couldn't see if there was more people, and now I'm stuck in this box. And with the ferocity and the force that the second guy was running in, there wasn't going to be an opportunity for them to say, hey, 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 stop, 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 stop. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't going to be conversation. I knew they were going to shoot me. Or I was going to lay down on the ground and come to my house. They were going to pistol whip me, pistol with my wife, cause whatever reparable damage, or maybe kill us. No, I had no idea, and when I seen the guy get the gun, 
taking the gun out of the second thing and the other one turning, I say, that's it. They're going to shoot me. Let it go. Like, like, that's it. Like, and I pulled out. I started firing. They started firing back. And the first thing I thought was I have to fire my way out of this doorway because if I stay in here, I'm dead. I don't know how many more people it is. And I got out of the doorway. Made my way, my left. And I was like, I can't believe, literally, like, that moment from the firing to that felt like eternity. Like, I felt like I won really? round one. Like, from a boxing, I, I have some, some boxing experience, a ring experience. Like, I felt like I got out of round one. I got back, checked my six. I seen him going over the gate. I could have hit him. I didn't, obviously, because he was leaving. But I knew that I had I had a point. I had a... Uh, Opposition on the other side. I knew somebody was around the other side because I didn't hear them going over the gate and hear anything. And they they went to the cut, and they were armed. <clears throat> so I knew I was still in the fight. I got down between the tire and the floor. Literally everything I've ever learned from watching Tim Kennedy, listen to him, Tony Blauer, Blauer, Tony Blauer, um, a handful of other guys have where to position yourself in a firefight. But and I backed up. You see, I went forward, and I knew I was exposed. I backed up. I checked my hammer. I saw one in the chamber, but I checked the magazine. I had one or two bullets left. I couldn't really tell, but I slammed it back in. And I was like, I got two shots left, and I'm dead. And I, at that point, I've already accepted. This is still a shootout. This, I got out of this round, but I might not get out of the next round. But I'm not running back into that death valley of an alleyway. I dropped my keys. Everything's down. I don't want to try to come to my house. I said, I got to stay out of here with them. Circle the rest of the yard, and I just took off the circle the rest of the yard. I said, it's two bullets count. The guy, as I was checking, went over the gate, and I thought there was another guy. So I circled, immediately went to the backyard. I said, there's somebody hiding back here because they definitely took off running in all directions. Got to the back door, knocked, ran around to the other back door, knocked, scanned the perimeter. My wife came down, took forever to get to the door, obviously. <laughs> she's in, she's hiding upstairs with the baby and I called the and then I which felt like forever it was probably you know 17 seconds she got there but it felt like 17 hours I was waiting out there get in the house made sure that I wasn't didn't have a bullet hole in me took my shirt off and made my way to the porch upstairs to go see what was going on because I now I overview from the porch because I knew I was still didn't know what was going on who was still out there it it's it happened so quick when you watch the video, but when it was in my head, it was so slow. And when I rewatched the video for the first time, I thought that I was going to be fumbling, stalling, this and that. I felt like I stalled so many times to think. I felt like I was on the precipice of maybe saying, "All right, get the fuck out of here. I won't shoot you. Shoot." Like I, I was making these decisions, but they were just instantaneous decisions. I felt like. They were milliseconds, but they felt like minutes. You know, and I don't have a lot of training. I have a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat experience, but other than that, very little gun experience. Just watching a lot of these guys in one class with this guy, Tim, which I was just an observer. I wasn't even in a class, you know. Gotcha. But he gave real great advice. He said, uh, your mission is not to kill anybody. Your mission is not to be a hero. And if you get arrested for doing the wrong thing, you failed your mission because you won't be there to protect your family. Your mission is to protect your family. And when I turned around, I knew 
I'm not letting them in the house. You got to kill me to get in the house. And if I fail that way, I fail that way. But I wasn't letting them in. That was not, that was never going to happen. Caught me off guard, cool. But you weren't going to violate me that much. You weren't going to come to my house and violate my family and cause. Because I've lived with regret with other things in life, not to this magnitude of the other things. Yeah. Decisions in college, decisions here, decisions with other things, how I should handle it. The regret of not drawing my weapon and protecting my family would have been something that I wouldn't have been able to live with myself moving forward. And that so, was probably the biggest takeaway, like what my decision in that spot. So what went through your head? Because you mentioned that when you were behind the car, you saw the guy kind of popping over, and you could have shot him. So what was the what was the definitive reason why for you why you decided not to because if you scroll through the comments right if you see a lot of these videos sometimes you scroll through the comments and you you actually hear people saying things like you know wish you would have got one I wish you got two or wish you would have got three um, what what made you decide not to because for all intents and purposes you probably would have been justified in in that action um, yeah but what was it that made you say no I'm not going to do that. Because I honestly, I really didn't think that he seen me come up so quick. I think he thought he was still getting away, and he was already so far over the mm -hmm. fence that you know I have a I have a pact that kind of made with God a long time ago. Um, as long as I'm not threatened, I won't act. And as long as I'm not threatened for physical violence, I won't act for physical violence. I won't return something because then it turns you into a bully and not you know protector and. He didn't see me. I didn't do it. And I kind of felt like for the moment, like, ah, like, did I really punk out and not shoot? Because whatever. But I, like, this is all going through my head as I was turning yeah. back and checking my gun. But I'm like, nah, I let him live. Like, he might have came back around and shot me too. But I accepted I was in a fight. He should have said that he was in a fight when he came here. But he was fleeing and I wasn't. I could have ran back to that door and struggled to get the keys in and sacrificed my family. But... I was so willing to be in it, but you were leaving. You were out. We're going, and that was it. I mean, get the f out. That was my intention. Get the f out. And he was leaving, and I just, that's it. If he wanted to circle back around and come in the front, whatever shots at that moment, I knew I had two or three left. I was going to make them count. You know what I mean? I'm not Mark Wahlberg from the shooter, but I was going to make them count. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, I, I did a video on it where I talked about, you know, the fact that. You really only had two rounds left, right? Yeah. And then, and you live in California right now. You guys are relegated to only ten rounds. You can't only max. You can't have. Um, so, knowing that you just had two guys try to rob you, they had guns, and knowing at that moment you only had two rounds in it. So like, and you, you, I know you're saying you're still in the fight, but from an emotional standpoint, if there was one thing in the world that you wish you could have had at that very moment, right? What would that be? Another magazine. I couldn't believe it. I said to myself, I said, I wish I had another magazine. Honestly, I felt so like, you're, if you've ever surfed decent-sized waves and you lose your surfboard and now you're stuck out there, that's the way I felt. I was I in a I'm fight. Not going anywhere. I, I'm not going anywhere near ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in some dangerous surf. I've been in a few dangerous situations, and I felt like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Now, what a lot of people don't realize from the video, when they hopped over the fence, they both fired. 
both of them went over the fence. They both fired more rounds because we found shell casings in the street. So I'm hearing this, um, and I don't know who's firing. Are they firing at me? So when I was ducked under that car, and I'm not saying this to, to be cool. Like, I know my heart. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I know who I am. I don't need to prove this to anything. I didn't need to do this. I know how I'm built. But I was so composed because I had accepted at the doorway that I was going to get killed. I had accepted that. So when I entered that fight, by, by drawing my weapon, I knew there's going to be rounds to this, multiple layers, and I may not make it out of it, but I am not going to regret this. I am not going to go down regretting that fighting. I carry a gun for a reason. And in my CCW class, I actually remember thinking at a moment, like, I really want to do this because there's so much pressure. You got to do this. You got to do that. You have a shooting at this. I'm like, man, there's a lot of legality behind this. And then I said, what, what am I, crazy? If I got to do what I got to do to protect my family, I'm going to do it at all costs. And as that was going on, I said, absolutely. was the best decision I ever made. Imagine putting this decision. And, and the, my, my house was robbed. A lot of people don't notice. My baby is four and a half months old at uh, 21 days, my, my house was burglarized and, and, and broken into and had a home invasion. As the month we got pregnant, my house was burglarized. So nine months before that, and the LAPD refuses to look into the investigation. They refuse to take fingerprints. They refuse to take evidence. They just don't care. They literally said, like, yeah, it's, we're so backed up on DNA and fingerprints. Like, it really doesn't matter. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Like, and I was so taken back and I couldn't believe it. So when I had those two rounds, I felt like I was just so overwhelmed with so much that I was like, okay, I'm gonna do everything I can with what I got left. And I'm gonna go out like a warrior, you know what I mean? And, and it sounds almost theatrical, but it's not. I mean, dude, it was theatrical, we saw the video. <laughs> like there's, so yeah, it's, one yeah. thing, it's, it's one thing when you have a situation where somebody telling, tells you the story and you don't see it. You only have to go off what they're telling you. Nah, yeah. brother, we saw it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, yeah. When I ran to the other side of the yard, you see me after I ducked down, checked my gun, got, you know, rebearing, like, uh, you know, got my footing again, and I took off running. I took off to the other side because I thought there was people over there. And one, I was a sitting duck sitting here, and I didn't want them to close down on me. I have to keep moving too, and I and I from a friend of mine who started uh, uh, army ranger that was in Iraq. My friend Rob, he had told me like, you got to keep moving, you got to keep moving, shoot, move, shoot, move. You got to get people start shooting. You got to get to cover, reassess, shoot. You got to keep moving, and I that came into play. Tim Kennedy talking, he came into play. All these little things punching out. Uh, friend Chance is a pilot, but he also has uh, another job, the federal government, and. One walk through my house and had to punch out, had to draw your holster, had to draw your weapon. These little things all came into play. And a culmination of all these good people giving me advice is what led to me being successful and surviving. Because if I didn't listen to what they had to say and really let it sink in, it was like I, I compared this to my Italian regents, my senior year of high school. All my Italian came together for one hour. And it was the only time I was ever able to speak Italian. <laughs> and I forgot it all after that. But for that hour <laughs> that I had that test, I was fluent in Italian. It all yeah. came together four years of Italian. <laughs> it was a lifetime of picking up little pieces, pieces yeah. 
that went into full survival mode. And it's not what you should do. It's what you need to do. You know, Machiavelli says that. And at that moment, it was about self-preservation. I needed to survive. And I was not going to run back to my door. Somebody commented, oh, you should have ran back to the house and called 911. Some gun guy, like, do this, call 911. He was pursuing the people. No, I was getting safe. I was getting this. I was clearing the ground. I was still protecting my family. I was, if I was going to kill somebody, I would have shot that guy going to the fence. My mission was not to kill anybody. My mission was to protect my family. And if I had to die doing it, that's what happens. So, I mean, how much of, so like you said, you used to box, right? You did some boxing in your past. And, and, and I, I did a little bit of it, like MMA, uh, not too long ago. Um, how much of your experience doing that? Because that, because just being in a ring with somebody else is trying to legitimately fight you and actually punching you in the face. Um, it's a different type of focus, right? Um, and a lot, a lot, not a lot of people have experienced that. How much of that experience allowed you to kind of be able to think under the pressure in the manner that you did to be able to pull all of the things that these other guys had told you what to do in that situation? Because a lot of people just, well, I won't say a lot of people, but I can see some people being a complete wreck, totally freaking out. And so I wonder how much, how much of the, whatever history you have in terms of fighting kind of helped kind of more or less keep your cool and, and calm and composure and act instinctively because i noticed one thing about your body movements and the way that you move it was very instinctive it seemed very instinctive um so how much of that do you think played a part or did not play a part at all i know it 100 percent. i think just even when i turned around how i got prepared how i went to perry's hand away to try to grab the gun because i knew it wasn't a threat if he was to the left yeah I mean, if i can get the gun to the left and that was just you know blocking jabs other things like that uh my experience, I trained on Aaron Davis, who was a world champion. I was you know, pretty much my mentor life five years. You know, I looked up to this guy for everything. He's a great guy. And even doing pads, you beat the pads while you're doing it. Everything was, you know, you, you were in a fight. How would you prepare this in a fight? Don't listen to music in a fight while you're training. Don't do this. Don't do that. And staying composed. And, and felt like as I got older, my breath work got better, and I was able to stay more composed under pressure. And I stayed so composed that I even shocked myself. When I was ducked down, I heard the gunshots. I was like, man, got two shots. Better get moving. You know, like you got, I was almost like telling myself, like, you better get moving. And I ran around, and that composure, when I went and circled the car, I felt like I got better as I warmed up. And it's funny, I, spar- I was sparring a wild card years ago and the trainer in there said after i came out and did a few rounds i was smoked he said as you get tired your experience comes out you get a lot smoother when you get tired and i said yeah just you know you don't really have to think you just rely on your on yeah. protecting yourself and moving and you know you think about it i've i've done i've been in uh camps with professionals with you know world-class professionals i would be sitting outside the ring petrified petrified to get in the ring Basil into my face, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's gonna kill me. I don't even think he likes me. I'm like, you know? <laughs> and I'm with two other kids who are open class amateurs that are really great. They're going pro, you know, two brothers and then me. And I would think, only nine minutes. Doing so three rounds, it's nine minutes, and it'll be over. And the same nine minutes is the same 17 seconds 
I, if I could survive those 17 seconds of the firefight of thinking calm, it's the same 17 seconds that from one sentence to the other, a lot of time in this conversation, it's, it's not that bad. And if, if the end of that, I end up jaw broken, got a brain injury, it is what it is. I'll deal with it after, but it's not that bad. It's, it's nine minutes. And I thought about that as I was running. I said, I don't want to survive another minute. There's no way. Or else I'm going to be beating somebody with a gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, something's going to happen. I'm going to be dead. You know? Yeah. But if I stay cool and collective, I got a minute left. That's what I actually thought under the tire. I'm, they're not going to stick around that long. I just got to survive. Or, and, if I, and if I run out of bullets, I got to pull a full Carlito's way. That, did you ever see that movie? <laughs> when he's in the bathroom, he's yelling, I'm reloaded. And I actually thought to myself, if I make my way to the other side and I let go and I am still can find a safe spot, I'm going to click clack and be like, oh, come and get me. But I had to stay silent at that moment. And the boxing really did help. And I think teaching people how to stay calm in the pressure, that's not that bad. Getting punched in the face is not that bad. Like, it's, it's the amount of time skydiving when I skydived. I remember going up in the plane, and the plane would take off, and I'm like, in, in 18 minutes, I'll be back on the ground or I'll be dead. And it's not that bad. From the flight up, to a minute jump, two minutes on the canopy, and it'll be over. You know, when I was learning, I was petrified. But it's all, it's all about staying composed. And I don't have any military background. I have no really big, heavy background of, of training combat under pressure. I just try to be an avid person that stays ready, that consistently works out. I work out seven days a week that's running, pushing myself. And so many people are like, oh, this guy's so extra. He's so hard on himself. So he's some, I posted a video last night. I was jump roping in shadow boxing at 2.30 in the morning. I obviously couldn't sleep because of what's going on in my life. I jump up on my porch with a rubber suit on, and somebody wrote, what are you training for? And I said, well, obviously, you haven't seen what, what's been going on. Like, but why question? Like, if I want to make my life yeah. better, I'm 37 years old, I want to be better. Why question that? So I, I'm a, a huge advocate for pushing people to be the best they can be and, and being vigilant and being alert. And I think, uh, I think, not Sean Ryan, I think it was... Uh, Ray Cash, the Navy SEAL, said in an interview one time that you know, you're cursed with this awareness to always be vigilant. You're always watching. When you're with your family and there's a crowd of people and you're at Disneyland, you're paying attention to everybody moving and who's acting strange. And it's a curse. But I'd rather live with that curse than that one in 100,000 chance that something goes wrong and I wasn't prepared. And I felt like I let my situational awareness slip, but my my fast reaction, my physique, my situ- my other awareness was able to compensate that and kept me alive and kept my family alive. And thank God I, I, didn't, I didn't immediately kneel and back down because I don't think that I would have been able to live with myself after knowing that I did that. You know, I wouldn't be getting, you know, yeah, I, I, I bullet holes around my door and I barely survived. I think my parents were watching over me. But to walk around now with my head down, that I punked out, that I did this, like, it would have been worth it. My, my wife has got to look at me for the rest of her life thinking, he didn't protect us. What's he carrying that gun for? He's just, he's a sham. You know? I think that's not what happened. I, I, I did what I had to do. And I feel like I may deal with it after because I haven't processed all of this yet. But I'd rather deal with whatever I have to deal with after. Do you have any concerns or fears of them coming back? 
I mean, I, I haven't quite. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not going to live in fear. You know, I've had a couple of issues in my old apartment. I've had issues, you know, previous life. Not well, this life. But I just I don't want to live like that anymore. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to be that concerned. Everyone's like, well, who did it? Who set you up? I'm like, I don't think it was an inside job because people know that I'm pretty dangerous guy and I, I'm yeah. always strapped. I'm like, I don't, they wouldn't have ran up to me so easy if it was an inside job. Plus anybody that knows me knows I got nothing in my house. There's nothing to rob. <laughs> That's even worse because they're going to come in here. I'm like, I, I got mean, some candles I can give you. I don't even have yeah. no money. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing in here for you to rob. What do you, I have a nice house, but I, I don't collect art. Like yeah. there's nothing here to take. So that's going to be even worse because they're going to torture me. Thinking yeah, I got something. Point. People don't think about it that far, though. People always, get, you know, the news, the media will say, oh, comply, just comply. They just comply and give them what they want. Not realizing that if you really don't have anything to give them, then that's usually when the violence gets escalated on them. And yeah. so, like you pointed out, now that now they're in your house, they're like, no, you have something, you have something. And then now at that point, they're getting frustrated. So now what's the next step? They become violent. Now they're beating you over the head with the pistol, even worse, shooting you. Um, so yeah. that's, that's, that's a damn good point that a lot of people don't really think about. No, every nobody nobody thinks about it. The only people call me and like, oh, what are you doing? You got a kid. You should think more. I'm like, what am I doing? I, I'm drinking tea like an old fart, walking to my house like a guy's about to be forty, like smoked after a CrossFit workout. Like, what am yeah. I doing? I didn't. I'm I'm living my life like I didn't do. Ironically, though, that tea actually probably saved your ass. Tea saved my life. That's crazy. And it's even funny. People in the comments are like. Oh, he didn't mean to do that. I'm like, bro, that's my signature move. You know how many drinks I've thrown on people before I crack them? But I thought I was about to get hit. I threw a drink on them and nailed them. And I'm like, that's my move. <laughs> Whatever's in my hand. If I got a deck of cards in my hand, I'm throwing it at you. Yeah. Uh, my friend Vinny taught me that. He's like, anything I got, I'm throwing it at you. Because you're going to get so flustered. You could throw a thing of plastic cups at somebody. They're going to block it. Kind of, yeah, you know? that's just that natural kind of instinct of protection. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to naturally block it. And. Use that to your advantage. I distract you for a second. It gives me that split second to think. It bought me time to think, what am I going to do, you know? And he didn't blow my chest away. You know, if I would have just tried to pull out while he had a gun to my chest, he was going to nail me. You know, he might not shoot me over some tea, but if he sees that gun, he's going to shoot me. All right, speaking of gun, what um, what gun were you carrying? A Glock 26. So after all of this, you see yourself continuing to carry that Glock 26? You're going to make any changes? You're going to go about things a little bit differently as far as setup or anything like that? I mean, I'm going to start. Tim invited me down. Tim Kennedy invited me down to come train with him mm-hmm. at a Sheepdog, right? And where my wife uh, went today, buy my wife a firearm in her name. I have other firearms in the house. I, I don't know if I'm going to shift um, because I'm. I'm not that proficient enough to really give my opinion mm-hmm. on guns. Where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go with the Beretta this. I'm going to do a Glock 19. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do yeah. a, a Z-Tech or whatever. I'm not, <laughs> I want to sound like that because I don't really know. Like, I'm asking my own gun buddies now, what do you like? What do you have? And then I'm going to start moving around and saying, oh, what's the, what feels the best in my hand? And I'm going to pick a gun. I'm going to pick a holster that carries an extra magazine because, you know, this is what it is. It's yeah. not, people think, oh, like, Getting robbed is like hitting the lotto or having these altercations. It's not. It's happening. The world we live in now, defund the police is real. People do need to protect themselves. They need so, to 
Right. No, my bad. So no, I was going to ask you. So after this happened, like, what what was the cops' response? Like, what did what did they say? What did they do? Because I'm gonna be honest with you. The fact I'm having this conversation with you right now is odd to me because I would assume they there'd be some investigation going on, and they'd say, "Don't talk to anyone. Don't do this, and don't do that." Um, so what was their response? And after you know, after they got there and saw what happened. I mean, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, where cops were cops. They came there. They could sniff out what went on. They were searching for evidence. They were doing this. The, these cops, you know, one cop really cared. He seemed like he gave a shit. Uh, the rest of them, not so much. They were actually so young that I don't even think they knew anything. They were more yeah. concerned with me getting away so I could take pictures of my door. And it was like they, they, they left ball casings behind. They, the guy's clothes were on the corner. They missed it completely. We found it the next day walking, me and my wife. And, and actually the guy who, who put me on, my friend Chance, to you, um, they didn't care. They really didn't care. I had to call the captain constantly to make him send detectives out two days later. I literally told them that if he doesn't do this, I'm going to talk to the news because I need to get protection. And I'm also dealing with my wife who is very upset. She feels so violated. And she's like, yo, L.A. is it's almost unbelievable. They just don't care. The, the cops even here said, like, we're not going to do anything. And then now, now they're doing something. Found the magazine. They have pulled fingerprints. They've done this. And these kids, whether they get charged or not, like, they're going to tie this together because it's a group. They've been doing yes. this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do I want to see these kids go to jail? I hope they just stop. Or they go to jail. Whatever. I don't really care. You know, yeah. At this point, I, I don't matter. Stay the f- away from my house. Straight up. But I'm in some ways happy that it was my house because maybe somebody else wouldn't have been as fortunate, you know? Yeah. But I definitely don't. They, they're, so right, right after the fact, I, I still had my shirt off because I was checking for bullet holes. And I, the cops pulled up. I went outside immediately because I didn't want them storming in my house. I had a baby upstairs. I went upstairs. I put my arms up and I said, hey, I'm, I feared for my life. Sealed carry holder. My firearm is locked up inside, and you are not taking it. That's it. And I was like, I will not go unarmed. My wife is just crying inside. You are not taking my firearm because I know what you're going to do. You're going to take it. I got a shot in front door, and you're just going to leave. You can take my gun. You're going to leave. And now I'm sitting here. You know, and I have other guns, happens. but it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and that's a, that's the one thing I keep saying in all of my videos. Like, when it really boils down to it, you can't. Like, there, like you said, there was a cop that really cared, and then there were some that were just too young to care and some that just didn't care. Um, you just you can't rely on cops. I don't no. mean that from the standpoint that they don't, like, all of them just don't care and don't want to do anything. They genuinely kind of can't do anything. Like, when, no. when you were at your door, there was nothing a cop was going to be able to do in that moment to help you because there wasn't one around. Um, no. and, and so it really did fall on you to make sure that you were the one responsible for taking care of your, you were the one that was responsible for your safety, safety of your family. And so I, I I'm just glad that I could have you on, come on and actually share a real story with real video, because I can yeah. talk about this ad nauseum all day long in videos and show examples, but like to have someone come on and talk about it and actually tell people exactly what they were feeling, what they saw, what they went through, all of those things. I think it would, it will do phenomenal, do a great job of getting people to really start to accept the reality 
that we actually live, that we all live in, right? Um, and, and because I think a lot of people kind of want to duck their head down and think, oh, everything's just going to be okay. I don't need to worry about this. Um, but in the day, like I said before, I've always said, yeah, you didn't have, you don't have to be John Wick to be able to protect yourself with the firearm. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't want to carry a gun all day long. Why do you carry a gun? It's, went to the gym. Nothing about your life is different. Yeah. Like you went to the gym, you had your tea, you had your AirPods in. I mean, you're you're the most regular, smegular person on the planet with respect to yeah. not being a police officer or yeah, being, of you know, prime military, yeah. right? Um, and the thing that saved you was the gun you decided to just put in your waistband when you left to go to the gym when you came back. That's literally yeah. it. That's that's the thing that 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 saved you, right? Now you can argue all the multitude of different things. Um, that played a part into helping you make the decisions you did and react the way you did. But at the end of the day, the main thing was that gun. And, that, so, and honestly, you're, at, you're, you're, you're 100% right because how I reacted, you know, when I had it, if I didn't, I would have just attacked him because I was fighting my way out of that thing one way or another. And I was, yeah. a, I was an attacker when he turned around, and that other guy was definitely shooting me. The likelihood that I'm going to wrestle this gun out of his hand and shoot him, I'm not Steven Seagal. It's not gonna happen. It's all happens in the movies, you know. Yeah. It, it would have went worse. I mean, could I could have took off in the left and anything, but I dropped my keys. They could have picked up my keys and went in my house. Yeah. And, and now I'm banning my posts. Like, so many things could have happened, but it didn't happen because I decided to carry. The day before, I was at Starbucks with a friend of mine, and we talked about uh, another shooting that happened at Air One, which is a boutique. Mm-hmm thing on Beverly Boulevard in West Hollywood, like unbelievable, a, a shooting happened there, boutique grocery store. Like who goes to for organic food and decides to have a shootout? But it happened, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was yep. just incredible. And we talked and he said, you're, you're strapped? I said, it's in the car. He's like, bro, you gotta have it on you. Sitting yeah. outside at Starbucks, he's like, bro, have it on you. And we watched the video of the, the altercation at one and the guy was walking towards the guy with the gun, walking. And we said, what's the best approach? Because this other guy, been a well-around guy, he's been some time in jail, he's a tough guy. Yeah. And he said, you know, if I'm within a few feet, I'm going for it. But if I'm more, more than a few feet back, I'm going the other way. Yeah. I don't care who you are, because the, right. the biggest punk has no intentions on using that gun is going to use that gun. You know what I mean? If you go after him. And then yeah. and if you go after him, he turns into the victim, and he's going to do what he's got to do. He might not mm-hmm. hightail on a run. He might just blast you. Might stay and fight you. Know? That worth it, and I and I we had that conversation of what to do in that situation, and I couldn't. I felt like all those things was God being like, "Yo, get ready, get ready, it's coming, it's coming." And boom, there you go. You know, I'll never make that mistake again. Wearing those earpods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's one of those things, man. It's it's that it's that city life. Um, as I always point out, you know, because I I my AirPod my AirPods, and I have some stuff that I'm working on. Now that are ear pro and kind of AirPod ish, um, I mean, I wear them a lot. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I, when I'm riding my bike to the gym, come back, you know, all of the things. I mean, I do exactly what you do, what you did in the video. Like you're coming back yeah. in the gym, have the AirPods in. Even if I drive to the gym, sometimes I still have whatever I'm listening to. I just want to keep listening to it on the AirPod, and then drive in. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's you have the benefit, and we have the benefit of learning from, you know, that kind of mistake, so to speak, um, considering, you know, we, a lot of us run around with AirPods in our ears, kind of situationally unaware. Um, 
even now it's got me re reconsidering how I go about things in terms of making sure that I'm paying attention to what's going on and how I'm moving. Um, oh, so. and, you, and you're a target public figure. A lot of people know who you are. The minute I got in the car with my buddy, he's like, you got to talk to this guy. You know, I'm talking about you. You got to talk to him. And then yeah. Tim Kennedy texts me about you, and I'm like, wow, that, that really worked out, you know? And <laughs> we, you know, as individuals that want more in life, or want to do stuff, people want to take that. People are going to be jealous no matter what. It's a, you know, it's like a saying from the Bronx. It's like people only are happy for you when you do it worse than them. But the yep. minute you do it better than them, they're going to be envious and hate on no, you're absolutely right. Um, like, I haven't even told the full story about a situation that happened with me where I was being chased and followed basically around downtown. Um, and you, you said something that was really interesting. You know, after a certain point, after that initial shock kind of wears off, when you're in the moment, kind of you just kind of go. Yeah. And, and that's what was happening. That's what happened in my situation. Initially, I'm like, yo, are these guys really following me like this? I'm like, oh, no, these dudes are really, oh, shit, they're really chasing me. And so, like, you know, heart's pounding, beating, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get away, and they're chasing me. Um, and then after a certain point, because this went off for like 15, 20 minutes, and at a certain point, that's kind of when I started, I honestly started gaming it, in a way, um, where I'm like, all right, how do I get out of this? My job now is like, I'm, make, I'm making it home. There it is. I care how it happens. I don't care what they do. I'm going to make it home, and I'm going to figure out a way to do that. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's essentially what we saw you do in that video. And I, yeah. I, honestly, I'm thankful, thankful that you were able to do that. And not only to protect yourself, but to protect your family. So uh, my applause goes out to you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. Honestly, that, that and like you said, the minute you're warm, initial shock wears off. It is, you have a, have a duty as a man, any adult, a man or woman, yeah. as, a, as a father, as a parent, as a mother. You have to protect your child. You have to protect your person. And if you don't come home, like... I've dealt with that insecurity as a kid of, you know, losing my father to incarceration other situations where I'm like, always getting left behind. I'm not going to put my daughter through that. And I made a vow. My daughter was born. She looked just like my mother. I said, I'm going to give you the life that she didn't have. I'm going to give you the life outside the Bronx. And if I get killed outside the door, if my house keeps getting robbed, I'm letting it happen and, and, and causing a trauma for you. That's not the life that I vowed to give you. And if I got to die to do that, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to protect you because 20 years from now, my daughter's going to turn around and say, that's my father. And he did everything it took, you know, and that's, and that's sure. the decision I made outside. It's a decision I make every single day getting up as a man, as, as honestly, as an American. Cause I'm so, I'm so proud to be here. I'm so proud to be an American. Uh, I'm Italian American, but I am so proud of, of being who I am in this country and, and being an American citizen. It's like such a gift. I'm not going to lose that to somebody that wants to take something from here. It's not worth it. Sir, but man, I really appreciate you actually giving me the opportunity to let you tell your story to my audience and hopefully that they, they can gain a lot of information about this so that if anybody who does follow me ends up happening in the same situation, um, you know, they can learn from your situation the same way you learn from what other people taught you. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I hope you understand how valuable you coming on and explaining your story is.